Hi, this is Sean from the Children's Services Council of St. Lucie County and one of the hosts of Community Connections. Every once in a while, when you do a weekly radio show, you either can't get a guest for Sunday or one of the hosts is out of town. This is one of those times. But don't worry, we have a greatest hit show queued up for you. Now, in this greatest hit show, we reference our holiday concert, but this is last year's show. So keep in mind, this year's show is Friday, December 20th, and we expect all of you to be there supporting our children. Enjoy the show, and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks. Welcome to Community Connections with Children's Services Council of St. Lucie County. I'm just one of your hosts, Sean Boyle, and with me is... Ashley Ma. And welcome to the half-hour weekly radio program on WFLM 104.5 The Flame. I thought you were going to miss that. I almost did. And also, this radio program also becomes a monthly television show thanks to our wonderful partnership with the St. Lucie Public Schools. It can be found on WLX-TV on your local cable provider, or if you're like my children, you can simply watch it on YouTube by looking up WLX-TV St. Lucie. Look for Community Connections. You can see what these radio faces look like. Or not. But what we really concentrate on this program is connecting you, the listener, and the viewer to resources, helpful tips to help you and your family have a great, productive childhood and be part of our wonderful community. I might have messed that part up a little bit. You're making it very, uh, I don't know, broad. I like it. All right. So what we do at the Children's Services Council, besides barely hosting this radio and TV show, we do five things for our community. And those five things are, one, make sure every baby's a healthy baby. Two, stop child abuse before it happens. Three, keep kids off the streets, keep them in school, and keep them off drugs, alcohol, and other risky behaviors by offering programs and resources for all families in our community. I was counting with you. I know. I appreciate that. You did a good job. Um, But there's a couple different ways where you can learn more about the programs that work in those areas. And one of the ways that we always talk about is our website, which is cscslc.org. And I do want to say that we, and we mentioned last week, I think um, we're at the beginning of our fiscal year. We started our fiscal year October 1st. So we do have a handful of new programs that have joined us this year. Um, and those programs are updated on the website. So they're they're really interesting. We're really excited about some of them. Um, they are the descriptions and the contact information is all available on the website. And it is always the most up-to-date place to find information about our programs. But we also have these printed family guides, which have not yet been updated. And that's why I wanted to make the distinction. So clearly I brought the outdated family guide. You did, us. but that's okay. It's still valuable information. Um, but we do need to get um, the the new copy for this is actually ready to go to the printer. And as soon as the printed copies are in, we will let you guys know so that we can get them out to you in the community. We've probably distributed thirty to 40,000 of these, I think, over the Easily. last five years Easily. or so. Um, and we know that they're really important to, to all of our listeners out there. So we'll make sure that we let you know when these are available. But in the meantime, the website or the mobile app are the best places to get the information. And I'm glad you pointed out the mobile app because one of the great ways to find out about our programs and resources is to listen to this radio program every Sunday. But that's a big commitment. So for our heroes out there that are connecting people to resources, whether they work in the community or they are that trusted individual that everybody comes to, everybody knows who those are in your neighborhood. Um, As you mentioned, the website, but if you have a, a phone, and who doesn't have a phone these Everybody days, right? Has Everybody a has a phone. You can download our app, look up Children's Services Council or CSCSLC if you're a big fan of acronyms. Um, you can find that on the Apple 
store, iTunes store? Did I say that verbiage correctly? Sort of. Or the Google Play we, store, we currently know, an Android user. I was going to say, we know um, you're not an Apple fan. That, that <laughs> app is free, and it's one-touch connect to all the program's resources, uh, one-touch call, one-touch locate, um, and it's a great way to stay connected. Now, another great way to stay connected with us is but through wait, social media. There's more. Um, yes, we have a we have a great Facebook page. We share a lot of information there about our programs, about events that are coming up in the community. Um, October is a busy month. There's a lot of stuff going on, so there's a lot happening uh, in our community, and we try to share all of that on Facebook. So Facebook is a good place to stay connected to us. And you just posted because it's October. I did. I'm glad you said that. I was going to mention that. And you posted about how to make sure that your kids stay seen during the trick-or-treating season. Yes. So we participate in our local Safe Kids Coalition here um, on the Treasure Coast. And one of the things that they've been talking about extensively is that Halloween is often a dangerous holiday for kids because they are out on the streets a lot more than usual. Um, and I think the statistics that, that we shared on Facebook was kids are three times more likely to get hit by a car on Halloween than any other day of the year, which is not a surprise. I mean, no. more kids are out. Um, so one of the things that they are advising is to make sure that as you are preparing Halloween costumes for your kids, make sure that you've got some reflective or light or something. Send them with a flashlight. Send them with something. Um, have something with you so that as you're walking, doing your trick-or-treating, um, you can keep them safe. And there are some tips that we shared on Facebook that you can get to um, uh, that came directly from Safe Kids. Another thing that we want to mention before we talk uh, with our guest is we have our annual Sounds of the Season concert yes. coming up. Now, those of you who listen to the radio program, we have to offer an apology. <laughs> And, and actually, you should make the apology because you made fun of me because I got the date wrong <laughs> and you corrected me with the wrong date. <laughs> the wrong date. See what happens? You put me on the spot about sharing the information and I wasn't prepared. That's, That's what this show's all That's about, folks. Happened. That's what this show is all about. So we do, we do need to issue a correction. Um, our Sounds of the Season holiday concert will actually be on Friday, December 21st. And I said to you... When we were having that conversation, the kids get out of school really late this year, and then I offered the early date. So, right. It, it so, was, is that your apology to me? I'm not quite yes, catching that. Is I'm, that it? I am sorry to you. I am sorry to all of our <laughs> listeners. Um, but we are planning that event for Friday, December 21st, which is the day kids get out of school. Right, which is a Friday, which we're going to have five or six of our after school programs perform for free for the community. So, it's a great opportunity for these kids to get on the historic stage of the historic stage of the Sunrise Theater, uh, and it's usually technically a sold-out concert for the community to give them positive feedback, the, the kids to get you in the holiday spirit, and we ask all people that attend to bring a book so that we can hand out more books to kids. It all works full yes. circle for everybody. It's perfect. It's a great time, and um, we really do have a lot of fun, and the kids are unbelievable performers. So. And yours truly will host the event, Yeah. correct? You will be we'll, there for that. We'll try. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And real, on a real serious note here, before we get to our guests, because we joke around, right? We try to make the show fun <laughs> and lively. But the whole point of this show is to connect you, the listener and viewer, to what resources are out there. Because there are, by our count, 52 resources in the community, and that's just the ones that we're affiliated with. You have many other ones out there, but they're only as good as the people that know that they're there when they need them. So 
we may talk about something that may not be relevant to you right here, right now, at the moment that you're watching and or listening to it. But I promise you, whether it be at your workplace, uh, out in your neighborhood, at your congregation, you're going to run across somebody who maybe is expecting a baby. Um, and you're going to be like, oh, I watched this show, and they talk about these great resources you need to make sure that you're connected to. That's a little foreshadowing <laughs> for our guest here today. But I just want to kind of reiterate, as we're joking around, why we do this show and why it's so important because if you can join with us in spreading the information about what resources are out there, we'll make this community that we call home an even better place. So one of the things that I've talked about several, several times, and I I realize that I'm like the worst messenger for this, (laughs) is the importance of the home nurse visitation program Um, and the fact that every birth in St. Lucie County, when they return home from the hospital, they can get a nurse to come to their home within one week to check on the health of the mother, health of the baby, related stress level of the father, but answer any and all questions and make sure that family gets off to a great start. But instead of me talking about all the resources that are available to all mothers, expectant mothers and newborns, we brought on the experts. We did. We, we like to do that. I mean, we can say it, but it's a lot more important. Behind, behind the scenes, that. Ashley said, you know what, Sean? <laughs> Let's bring on the experts. Stop talking about something you don't know that much about. Well, bring on the experts. true. And I, I will say, too, you know, we've been talking specifically in the Northwest Fort Pierce community about infant mortality. And we're excited that information has been shared with us recently that we're making headway and things are moving in the right direction. So we're really excited about that. Um, but first. Before we share that information with you, we do have the experts with us today, and they include Lisa Von Seelen, who is the CEO of Kids Connected by Design, and Sonia Gabriel from the Florida Department of Health in St. Lucie County. Did I guess that right? right? Oh, good. Nice. Uh, see? Um, but the two of you do this all day, every day. <laughs> so give us um, kind of an overview, maybe, Lisa, of, of how we're making sure that our babies get a healthy start in our community. Sure. Well, um, of course, healthy babies start with healthy moms, so that's most important. So we want moms to be as healthy as possible before they get pregnant. Um, and to do that, we want to make sure they're on folic acid, most importantly. It's one of the easiest things that they can do to have a healthy baby and not have neural tube defects without getting too complicated about it. Um, we also want to make sure that they have a safe environment for that baby. So, of course, that plays into our nurse home visitation program as well as um, safe sleep. And we want to make sure that families have the resources they need once baby arrives. And so we do that through a variety of programs um, under the umbrella of Kids Connected by Design. So we have the Healthy Start program. We have the new Community Connect, which is basically our coordinated intake and referral number. And they will hook moms up to whatever services they need through that. So we have Healthy Start. We have Healthy Families. We have the brand-new Nurse um, Family Partnership Program. Uh, all of which are best practice evidence-based programs that we know are successful working with the highest risk moms and families. Um, we also have prevention on that end with is starts with our teen choices program. Um, and that's about um, connecting teens to the resources they need, making sure they have accurate, um, medically accurate information. Um, and they also know what sources are available to them. And that's through our wonderful health department um, that also has our teen zone. So teens can go there for um, checkups. And it is the second. The first and third. First and third. <laughs> <laughs> Thursday. Tuesday. Tuesday. <laughs> I'll let, I'll let the expert who runs that program talk about that. Uh, don't we have to change it? But yes. 
So do you want to say a little bit about that, maybe? Sure. So we're just regarding our teen pregnancy. Uh, we have two programs running out at the Department of Health. One is Teen Choices, um, and that is a pregnancy prevention program, working with teens who are at risk for becoming pregnant, getting an STI or HIV infection, and giving them accurate information on reproductive health, where they can go to get services for testing, for medications, for family planning, if they so choose, um, and really just providing um, a one-on-one rapport relationship with that student, that teen, um, which our teens often are often missing. So our staff do a really great job in developing that one-on-one relationship with them, giving them some accurate information. Um, and then we have the Teen Zone Clinic, which runs the first and third Tuesday <laughs> of every month um, from 2 to 6 at our Department of Health. And that is uh, a free clinic to students between the ages of 13 to 19. They can come in, walk in, no appointments necessary. Um, they can get reproductive health services, testing, birth control, um, and again, just talking with a nurse practitioner, talking with a, a staff person in the clinic. This is what's going on with us. This is what's going on with me. Where can I go to get help? So I think in like two minutes or less, we talked about like 15 resources available in the community. But I'm, I'm going to back it up. So we, we kind of talked about how this show is for the, the grandma, the, the, the neighborhood person, or just somebody who maybe isn't directly related, but they're going to hear a conversation. So I'm at the water cooler at work. And somebody tells me how they're... We don't really have a water cooler. Uh, yeah, they still do. It's the 50s, and I'm at the water cooler at work. Um, and, and somebody talks about how their niece or nephew is pregnant. Um, what's the first thing that they should do? Is there a number that they call? Because we talked about several, pro- you know, Healthy Start and all these different programs, but I, I heard Community Connect, mm-hmm. so that made me think that maybe there's like a central number that they can call. It is. Context <laughs> awesome. I'm glad that you made that <laughs> connection. <laughs> um, that number is 772-577-7789. Now, is that true? You would want anybody that is expecting to, to make that call? Absolutely. Um, and, and when they make that call... What happens? What happens? <laughs> what happens? We'll um, gather some brief information from them, make sure that they have a medical home, that they know about WIC, um, that they know about services available to them, and then um, talk to them about what services they might choose from. So they'll get a, a menu of services. Um, if they have a high-risk pregnancy or other medical condition, we might hook them up with their own personal nurse who does home visitation. Um, if there are any issues of substance abuse or uh, alcohol involvement, then we have a specialist for that. So really, depending on what their risk factors are, we will connect them with the appropriate service or make it a, you know, available to them. Um, all of our programs are voluntary, so um, you know, they can select what they like and what they think is the best fit for them and what you know, based on their needs, um, so we can help them and be successful. I, I think it's important that you mention, too, like you mentioned substance abuse. You mentioned some high-risk you know, things that may be going on with moms, but... All of these programs also offer no judgment whatsoever when the moms are coming in. So whatever situation that they are in, your main goal is to help mom and help baby so that they're both healthy. Absolutely. Um, Thank you for sharing that because that is a really important aspect of the services that we provide um, and the fact that, that we are not there to make judgments. We are there to meet them where they're at. Um, help them know what's available to them and, and whatever level you know they want to engage in that will meet them there. So. And so before we go any further, I'm, I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but serious. <laughs> so uh, before we go further, because uh, I want to talk about what's been going on in the community, I know that there's been a large study about 
infant deaths and all that kind of stuff. But I want to make sure that every listener and viewer knows that if you know somebody who's expecting, have them call 772-577-7789. Now, it may be a mother that doesn't have any risk factors, but it's still good to call to find out what resources are there. They're going to learn about the nurse home visit. They're going to learn about the brain program. They're going to learn about everything that's available to them. But it's a no-judgment And it's just simply there to help every expectant mother. And every expectant mother should take childbirth education classes. So that's another class that we offer and what we can get connected through that number. Um, There's also breastfeeding, which is one of the most important, healthiest things you can do for your baby. So we have those classes offered um, in the community and through both hospitals. Um, And there's just a variety of, of different classes that we can connect folks to, even if they don't have any risk factors. It's just every mom and dad could could use those resources. So it's important. So again, five seven 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 eight nine. And I promise you, I'm going to give that number out at least five <laughs> more times. So because it's that important. But uh, I kind of wanted to talk about now. Sonia and Lisa and I had an opportunity to speak on this subject. Was that a couple of weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Last weekend. And I was really just there to listen and be amazed at their talent and skill, and that's why we brought them here. But in our community recently, we've done a kind of a deep analysis, if you will, of infant mortality. And I know that's not a feel-good subject, but that's why it's so important that expectant mothers get help and that people know what resources are out there. So can you maybe walk us through what that study did and kind of what we learned from it and what we're doing about it? Sure. So two years ago, uh, the Department of Health actually hired a femur coordinator, fetal infant mortality review coordinator, to look at why our babies are dying. Um, and again, that's not the, the most pleasant topic to talk about, um, but everybody loves babies, and so we need to save what we love, right? Um, back in 2014 and 2015, we discovered that we our infant mortality rate was actually increasing. Um, specifically as it relates to our African-American babies. We had much higher number of African-American babies dying than their counterparts from the Hispanic uh, families and our Caucasian families. And that's alarming when you have a disparity like that. So, again, that's why we initiated the FEMA project. So um, in that FEMA project, there wasn't a hard, fast, here's the answer, but several things came out of it. Mom's not getting into prenatal care early or at all um, or getting consistent care they may have started but then continue uh, maybe they had a medical condition that wasn't followed up with appropriately um, they may have had some sort of infection that wasn't treated or mom didn't go in for treatment or didn't know about um, she had a preterm baby meaning baby born for 37 weeks gestation or the baby was born really small we call it low birth weight, low birth weight baby. Uh, so number of factors, um, and I'm happy to report that even you know with this study, it pulled in a lot of community folks, hospitals, Healthy Starts, all of us who work at, at the table with moms and babies, and we're seeing that those numbers are dropping. Um, but what isn't dropping is our infant death due to unsafe sleep. So that is on the rise, and as a result of this FEMA project, we specifically launched into our DOPES program, which is our direct on-scene education. So the Department of Health partnered with the fire department here in St. Lucie County to provide them training. Um, They're just now rolling it out to all their uniformed staff. Um, Once they get all of their fire rescue trained, once they go out on a non-emergent call, they're going to ask that family, is there a pregnant female in the house, or is there somebody um, under the age of one? 
If the answer is yes, they're going to provide why it's called direct on-scene education, on-the-spot education about infant safe sleep. Where are you sleeping the baby? How is the baby sleeping? And they're going to ask, can, I, can you show me where the baby's currently sleeping or where you plan to sleep the baby? And based on that visual inspection, they will offer advice, hopefully change up the, in, the sleeping environment if it is unsafe. And if the family doesn't have a place to sleep that baby safely, like a crib, pack-and-play, or bassinet, then they'll be referred back to us at the Department of Health to offer them a pack-and-play. So um, we are working with them. uh, Also, hopefully, we're going to be working with the sheriff's office to do the same thing, Um, meeting with them next week to hopefully have them roll out the dose program. And so my goal, several years down the road, is we won't have babies dying from unsafe sleep. And I know that, you know, you talked about the, the femur study and all that, and that's part of the reason why we keep emphasizing the nurse home visitation program because we know from looking at the numbers, you know, particularly the Lincoln Park area, utilization of that service is not as high as other parts of the community. So that's why we keep talking about it, making sure that you, the listener, viewer, you that connect people to, in your community are well aware of that resource. But let's talk about safe sleep because, you know, you know, when, you, when a baby's born, everybody comes, right? Everybody has advice. You know, some of that advice is spot on. Some of that <laughs> advice is what was right 20 years ago. I know when my kids were born, uh, you're, they're supposed to sleep on their side, which seems ridiculous <laughs> when you think about it. And you had to get, like, a wedge pillow because no kid sleeps on their wedge, side. Wedge right our band. Right, right. But nowadays, that advice no longer exists. Right? Like, nowadays, it's the ABCs, Right. right. And do you want me to go through it? Or? Can you do? I know. <laughs> I can, but... Alone, back, crib. Right. So, so but to expand on that, um, alone means the baby should be sleeping in a pack-and-play, in a crib, or in a bassinet by himself, not co-sleeping with an adult or even with a sibling in a bed. Um, it does blankets, not mean right, right. that the baby is put in a room, sleeping, and then left for six hours. That's not what alone means. There, And there's been, quite honestly, there's been some confusion about it, the alone definition. Um, we, you know, in some of our reviews found that out to be true, that the you know, baby were, was left for several hours unchecked while sleeping. And uh, unfortunately, baby had passed away. So the alone piece is that we're not, we're not encouraging co-sleeping, but rooming in with the baby. Uh, the back is what, uh, what most people hear when they hear safe sleep. Put the baby on its back to sleep. Um, never on its side and never on its stomach. Um, again, that was 20 years ago mm-hmm. or longer. And grandmas, grandpas, whoever raised their children that long ago would say, well, we did it and our babies were fine. See, they were growing up mm-hmm. and they're safe. Uh, my answer to that would be you were lucky. Because mm-hmm. uh, research does show that the position of that baby t- plays a significant role. Well, and that's a good point to make because we have lots of multi-generational families in our community. So there are grandmas and grandpas who are living with new babies because, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes they've come to move in with the family to help with baby. So it's important not only for our moms and dads to get that education, but for grandma and grandpa to know as well when they're the ones who are responsible for watching. This is important um, in our house. Right, and there are more and more grandparents taking care of children nowadays for various reasons, and we have literature specific to grandparents taking care of babies uh, versus parents taking care of babies. So uh, the message is going out to all, including daycares. I mean, they, they, they are taking care of babies as well. So wherever babies are being 
watched, cared for, the message is getting out about safe sleep. Um, and then the C part of ABC is crib, which means not, I mean, a crib, pack and play, or bassinet. Uh, so we're, as long as that baby is meeting the safety standards for whatever sleep environment, then that's where the baby needs to be sleeping, without toys, without blankets, without um, pillows, bumpers, <laughs> all of that stuff that should not be in the crib. The baby needs to be in that crib with nothing in it, just a very well-fitted um, crib sheet. Uh, and some, and I understand. I mean, you, you see pictures and you see babies of, of them lying in the crib with nothing. It looks very bare. And I understand the concern that parents might have. Like, well, he might be uncomfortable. He's going to get cold. <laughs> Quite honestly, it's, he's not going to be cold when you've dressed him appropriately and you can got, get those um, oh, sleep like, sacks. Sleep sacks. Thank yep. you. They zip up and they're, they are very cozy and they keep the baby warm. I the think baby. I would like to sleep in okay. them. <laughs> I think they're called uh, something else. <laughs> I think I could, I could make it work. I don't know. Um, but by the time the baby comes home from the hospital, about three, four days old, they're able to regulate their body temperature. So there isn't a need for the baby to be wrapped up in, in layers and layers of blankets and clothes. I remember doing a home visit, and the baby was literally wrapped in five layers. On, in addition to blankets, sitting on about this high of blankets and pillows. And then... Um, so obviously I had to undo all of that and, and re-educate the family. But, and we live in Florida, so I mean, we don't need to be wrapping our babies. They, that's one of the risk factors, too, for um, unsafe sleep. They can get overheated, so we, we want to avoid the overheating. Well, and I'm glad you said that because that is something that happens during the home visit as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you come home three or four days after the baby has been born, and a nurse comes within that time frame or shortly thereafter to check on all of those things. And one of the things that they look at is the sleeping environment, educating the family on what's available. And if issues are identified, they will come again um, to make sure that those things have been followed up on. So that, again, is another huge benefit to having that nurse home visit. Right. And check on mom as well. Mm-hmm. We have, you know, in the United States, mm-hmm. the other um, scary thing that we're seeing is an increase in um, maternity-related deaths, so um, or, or perinatal-related deaths. And um, um, that's that's in many cases there's they could have been caught, mm-hmm. um, and that is one of the things that our nurses regularly catch as part of the newborn home visitation program. Um, our super high blood pressure, um, if there's infections, if there's something else just medically going wrong, and are able to get that mom or baby immediately to the hospital or the doctor as appropriate, or get the medication that they need. A lot of times they'll be taking their medication incorrectly because mm-hmm. they didn't understand. So um, those are, are meant just a few of many things that they can catch and um, prevent um, a poor outcome. But again, the the best way for families to learn about all of those things is to call the number, the so, Community Connect number. Yep. Is that right? Um, so go ahead and give that for us one more time. Seven seven two five seven 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 eight nine. And it's important, I think, you know, when we talk about safe sleep. Um, because I, I sit on a, a terrible committee called the Child Death Review mm-hmm. Committee. Both of you sit yes. on it as well. And, and many of them are co-sleeping, if not uh, water-related. And oftentimes it's, you know, it's never, you know, they, they put the baby down, they fell asleep next to the baby, or they were just going to take a quick nap, and then they wake up and the tragedy has occurred. Um, so please, please, please. And I'm glad you pointed out that alone doesn't mean, like, sequestered in correct. another part of the house. It just means they have their own little sleeping environment. You correct. still monitor them because yes. every parent watches their child breathe. 
Uh, you still monitor them, but, you know, and it's funny, you know, we're such a connected world right now on Facebook and everything, and people have a baby, and they'll take a picture of their baby sleeping, oh, and I'll yeah. see the crib, I'm like, there's a teddy bear there, yes. there's bumpers, and I'm like, losing my mind. Yes. Private messaging them. Right. Hey, have you heard about the ABCs? Yeah. Let's get this right. <laughs> The but, benefit of social media, right? But I also want to, uh, real quick, 30 seconds or so, uh, I love that the, the fire district and possibly the sheriff will soon be coming on board giving yes. out safe sleep environments. I know, yes. Lisa, you've been doing that for a while as well through through your uh, Healthy Start workers and the nurse home visits and everybody that touches families. Right. But again, the number to memorize, if you learn nothing else from the show, <laughs> anybody you know that's expecting, have them call 577-7789. I've already got the number memorized. I love it. Nice. Thank yeah. you so much for coming on. <laughs> Thank you Thank for having you. us. Hey, it's a weekly radio program on 104.5 The Flame and a monthly television show. And remember, it's our children, our community, our future. We're all in this together. We'll see you next time. <laughs>